Welcome back to another powerful episode of The Dr. O Show. I'm your host, Dr. Connor Oliveri, founder and CEO of Elevate Health. Every week, we'll be bringing you insightful information and inspiration to help you achieve your full potential regarding your health, life, and business. If you enjoy the message we are promoting in this podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the future episodes that embody our core values of enhancing ourselves, empowering others, and evolving our community. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Dr. O Show. Today, I have with me Dr. Dimitri. How you doing, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited course, to do this. Of course. Thank you for coming on. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Dimitri is a plastic surgeon here in Tampa Bay. He has been voted top plastic surgeon by Tampa Bay Magazine three years in a row. And then you were also just voted, voted top 40 facelift plastic surgeons in the country this past week by Newsweek, correct? That is true. Yeah. I'm Congratulations, really, man. Thanks. Yeah, I was really um, privileged and excited to, to see that. There's some you know big names, a lot of my mentors on that list, and, and there I am as well. So that's just a lot of hard work and dedication, and I got a great team around me. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for shouting that out. Of course. No. So we were just talking a little bit before we got the mics on about your life. You got a lot of changes going on right now. What do you got going, man? Yeah. So we've got a brand new office and surgery center being built just a couple blocks from you here off uh, a zeal between McDill and Henderson. It's going to be state of the art. We're going to have a little surgery center so I can do my surgeries there. I'm going to have um, Dr. Sergey, who's one of the best dermatologists in Tampa with me there. And then actually in the process of two gynecologists who really have specialized in female health. So all of us under one roof, I think it's going to be something that Tampa hasn't seen yet. So. Absolutely. It makes for an ex- excellent collaboration. You know, yes. what I'm finding is, is a lot of the, a lot of the uh, people in the medical field are now starting to collaborate more and more because they see the efficiency that they can have when one person can go to one facility and get treatment for multiple different things or yeah. being able to refer under one roof. That's been a common theme, I think, in a lot of surgery centers within different specialties. Uh, but you don't really ever see it in plastic surgery. So I think that that's cool that you guys are doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. They're all great doctors, very talented, you know, ethical. And, um, you know, we have our little our lanes and boutique practices. So there's definitely room for us to collaborate and work with each other. I, I think I can't wait for it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you know, you also send patients our way for hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Uh, you incorporate that into your care plans. I love that, man. It, I think that it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so that is a, it's pretty much a mandate for all of our facelift patients to undergo hyperbaric oxygen postoperatively. We, you know, we usually accommodate for one session, but honestly, it'd be great for them to do four or five treatments. It's um, it's great that you guys have it here. You got a beautiful facility. So I know our patients love coming here and getting the treatment done. I appreciate that. So before we get into a lot of the doctor stuff, yeah. I want to kind of get to know who you are as an individual, as an individual. Uh-huh. Uh, we've spent some time together. I think yeah. we, you know, we see each other out here and there. We kind of all collaborate in the same areas and places and yeah. congregate. Um, tell me about your upbringing, your childhood. Fill me in. Yeah. So I'm actually here. I uh, grew up from uh, here in Tampa. I went to Berkeley Prep, and uh, I'm the youngest of three brothers. My oldest brother, George, is a heart surgeon. He's the chief of cardiac surgery at the University of Texas in Austin. He's uh, he's only 40. He's about to turn 41, so he's actually the youngest uh, wow. chief of heart surgery in the country, which That's is kind of, amazing. A, kind of a big deal. And um, my middle brother, Dean, is a vascular surgeon here at Tampa General. And he's also, honestly, um, kind of world-renowned for uh, his niche. He does these very specialized stents that only, I think, two or three people in the country do. 
So Dean's, um, honestly, he's probably the smartest one of the three of us, um, for sure. He's Har- not afraid to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. Dean's Harvard and his, his pedigrees through the roof. So anyway, the three of us are from here. We all play competitive soccer. Actually, in fact, all three of us were recruited to Columbia University where we went to college and we played division one soccer for four years. Hell yeah. And then our medical uh, backgrounds took us slightly different routes. I returned uh, here to Florida, to University of Florida for medical school. Um, between my third and my fourth year, I was um, selected for a Doris Duke uh, Cancer Research Fellowship at Johns Hopkins. And actually, the, both of them were up there doing their residency at that time. So it was kind of cool for all three of us to reunite and be in the same city again. And it was really there that I kind of... Um, f- found my interest in facial plastic and reconstructive surgery. The My mentor up there was doing a lot of um, reconstructive surgeries for patients who had cancer of their mandible or their eye sockets, whatever it may be, and, and I really took a liking to that. So then when I um, landed in Dallas for my residency training at UT Southwestern, Dallas is it's a kind of tamp on a bigger market. It's very high end. There's you know the, the ritz and glitz and all that going on in Dallas, and that's when I sort of shifted a little bit more towards aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, one of my mentors there is Dr. Sam Hamra, who developed the type of facelift technique that I do, and, and a lot of facelift surgeons in the country do now. So he, you know, he was towards the end of his career then, and it was um, definitely a privilege to to learn under him. Then I moved out to Beverly Hills, where I kind of further pursued specialty training in facial plastic surgery. My mentor there, Dr. Andrew Frankel, is world renowned for rhinoplasty and facelifts, and an awesome guy. And we developed a great um, friendship, mentorship. Um, I really, you know, look up to him, and he'll even text me now, you know, on for things, on advice. And so it's just. Um, it's great. So I enjoy my time out there so much that he was like, hey, well, I know you want to go back to Tampa and you want to get things going, but why don't you keep this kind of bi-coastal thing going on? So I did that. I've been doing that. And honestly, the kind of the rest is history. I've gotten so busy here. And, you know, I guess at some point I'll kind of phase that out. I've really only going a couple times a year now. But um, I love being back in Tampa. I have a, a, a great practice. I've, you know, I've surrounded myself with talented nurses and administrators and assistants, estheticians, and um, I just I'm really proud of what we have. Man, you have to have such a rewarding job. Like you, you're, you're one of the few of people I think in surgery that actually have a direct impact on the way that somebody looks and the way that they look at themselves in the mirror every single day. Uh, yeah, I like to think so. I mean, um, you know, it's different. My my brother's heart surgeon, vascular yeah. surgeon, you know, they're literally saving people's lives. Uh-huh. No one like wants to see them, right? Like people <laughs> are coming to my office because they want to see me. Yeah. So it it is rewarding. You know, I, 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 the best part of my job is having a positive impact on someone. You know, mm-hmm. someone has perhaps an insecurity or, you know, uh, you know, an older woman or woman who, you know, she's like, I just want to look like I did 10 years ago. Yeah. And that, you know, when they come back in six weeks afterwards and they've kind of healed up and they're looking good, or they're ready to go to their wedding or their gala or whatever reason they did the surgery. And they, you know, they're thank you. And some of them you know, are in tears. It's, it really is emotional and you get goosebumps. And no matter, you know, all the other aspects of plastic surgery, finances, whatever it may be like that is by far the most rewarding part where someone tells you that you had a positive impact on their life. A hundred percent. And what I'd like to bring to light is you have such a diverse medical background. Like you did so much before you got into doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just for me specifically, like 
we got to try a little bit of everything. You know, you learn through your basic training in undergrad of biomedical sciences, whatever your undergrad degree was in pre-med, you start to kind of get an idea of what you want to do. But once you start getting into the field and doing different things, you really start to change and switch up what your thought processes are. What you thought you once were going to like yeah. is really not what you actually like. That's true. I mean, and, and your um, third year of medical school, and y'all might have something similar where you kind of do different rotations in each field. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent a couple of months in pediatrics. I spent a couple of months in obstetrics and gynecology and surgery and what have you. And that's the time when you're like, okay, I think I can do this for for the rest of my career. And fortunately for me, I found, you know, facial plastic surgery because other than that, I was like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do here. So what advice would you give to students that are in medical school right now in that third year and they're going through that process? What would you be your like tip to them? You know, keep an open mind for sure. I I was probably a little bit more narrow-minded because I kind of knew what I wanted earlier on. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you find what you're passionate about, then do whatever you can to learn from the best. You know, when I was in medical school, I've been so blessed and fortunate along my journey to have like great mentors. And no matter if you're a, a banker, a lawyer, an athlete, you know, that's really what it's about is finding someone to train and study under who's going to push you to be better, right? Yeah. And I've always tried to, you know, train and study under the best from Johns Hopkins to the people I learned in Dallas to Dr. Frankel and Beverly Hills. I mean, they are the best of the best. And so it's, you know, it's not going to fall in your lap as a medical student. You know, I would go out of my way after hours to reach out to private practice surgeons, you know, to go watch them. You know, when I was done with my duties as a medical student or resident, you know, if I had a day off, I wouldn't just sit around and, you know, watch Netflix. I would go, you know, observe these plastic surgeons and learn their techniques and, and, you know, see how it's done in, in that field outside of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you really have to be a go-getter no matter what field you're in. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to you know, succeed and, and really be the best, you got to push yourself that extra, you know, 110%. 100%. Yeah, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, man. Yeah. So all three of you and your brothers are surgeons. <laughs> yeah. how, how the hell does that happen? Like, what what made you guys all wanted to get into the medical field? Yeah, so our, our mom, um, she actually single-handedly raised us. She was a school teacher. And as kids, I mean, we weren't really allowed to to go out and play with our buddies or whatever until we were done with our homework. So yeah. education was always, you know, number, number one, one in our family. And then sports. Mm-hmm. That was really, and, and religion. We're Greek Orthodox, of course. It was like, you know, some combination of the three, school, sports, and God. <laughs> <laughs> and diving for the cross. You know? Yeah. But um, no, so she really, you know, um, personated that upon us to, you know, study, work hard, and, and use soccer to, you know, get you far. So... Um, you know, it was really our, our mom was our kind of rock for us in that regard growing up. And um, she still is in a lot of ways. But um, uh, now we're a little bit more independent and, you know, we can handle things on our own. But she really pushed us to, to um, you know, study, work hard. And, and I think that's the foundation of, of what we have now. Amazing, amazing. A little side note here. Uh, in high school, I was I grew up in Palm Harbor. So yeah. we were right up the street from Tarpon Springs. Yeah. All my best friends went to Tarpon. Like all I did was hang out with Tarpon guys. And uh, shout out to one of my buddies, Louis Pappas. When he dove, he actually got the cross, cross. that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that that's an awesome tradition. If you guys haven't been out to Tarpon Springs for the diving of the cross, it's a super, super, super cool tradition tradition that they do over there um right over by the sponge docks if you haven't heard of that it's basically like a little greek city in pinellas county florida um so check it out if you haven't they have tens of thousands of of people go and observe Mm -hmm. um epiphany now and actually one of my best friends andrew mcadams um shout out to him he he retrieved (laughs) the cross uh, a couple years after I um I went for it and um so he he likes to kind of rub that in my face. I do I do have a hole in one which he doesn't so we can go back Where did you get it. that at? You're a big golfer too, right? At, at Old Memorial. Wow, whoa. Yeah. 
Uh, 17. Oh, wow. That's yeah. a good hole. Yeah, that's a good feeling. Yeah, I went out there and uh, we played a scratch round. So, again, for those of you who don't know, Old Memorial is a nice private club here in the area. Beautiful course. Caddies take you around. Um, yeah, I shot the lowest round of my life with my buddy. Nice. And uh, we had a great time. I mean, it's <laughs> awesome. just such a beautiful course. Great time. Yeah. So, you're a pretty in shape guy. Obviously, you care about your body. You care about your health. Uh, you're an avid runner, We're not as much as you used to run in soccer, we were talking about previously, but you mm-hmm. still run. What's kind of your lifestyle like? I want you to walk people through your daily routine, your food habits, your workout habits. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. So um, I, I love exercising, working out. I mean, some, t- some days I'll go for two runs. I'm a big, uh, I've been living in Hyde Park and Davis Island area. So I love going on uh, Bayshore pretty much almost every day. I do yep. my usual, you know, anywhere from two and a half to four or five mile runs there. And, um, and then I'm, I'm waiting on, I used to have a gym at Harper Island and they, they're transitioning to lifetime. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So lifetime's coming in there, I think soon. And, um, I'll probably, uh, definitely be signing up there, but I I like Barry's boot camp. You know, Mm -hmm. it really pushes you the back and forth between the floor and the treadmills. And, um, so I'm, you know, I'll do a couple classes a week. Um, but yeah, I'm really active, uh, at least running and trying to, you know, do weights a couple times a week. I, I loved, um, uh, also doing any type of classes like that, you know, F45, mm-hmm. um, Brittany Joyce and her husband have got, you know, a good thing going yep. on there. Her and so, crushing it. Yeah. Which we got to get them on here. I got to get both <laughs> yeah. one of them. Well, yeah. yeah. We'll get one of them on yeah. here. There you go. And then golf, of course, which I don't know if you call that too much exercise, but at least a little more you're walking. We don't have golf carts, so that, I, I got to give me something there. And then diet-wise is where, you know, I I think, especially at where I am at my age now, I think that makes honestly the biggest difference. And so I notice mm-hmm. I can feel myself being healthier. You know, I can run and work out, but now it's like, you know, if you really want to keep that six-pack going, you got to watch where you eat. And oh, like, yeah. you know, the pizzas and all that other junk, it's not going to cut anymore. So, I mean, I tr- we try to like eat healthy during the week, salads, you know sweet greens and stuff like that but mm-hmm. um on the weekends I, I love food we, we try all the restaurants around town i'm i've invested actually in next level brands which represents for yeah. beach for beachy and union and boulon and so you jeff know, you we're can, gonna get yeah, him on here too yeah, man he's the, jeff's the guy in town i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, they're um, crushing it man yeah. some of the spots that they're opening up are unbelievable yeah I mean, between bouillon yeah. and yeah what they're doing he's done an awesome job yeah a great i mean it's just yeah i'm, I'm grateful to be a part and of an that. awesome individual too oh yeah anytime he's, you meet him super big smile on his face i don't think i've ever seen the guy angry uh, now, i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't behind know closed doors maybe i don't know we can ask have one of his employees yeah. on, see what they say no but jeff's jeff's awesome and and you know when i go to the restaurants i'm like i gotta try this i gotta try mm-hmm. that so i may let the diet slack there a little bit but for the most part you know i try to i try to eat healthy Pretty spot on. Nice. So entrepreneurial wise, you got you have a practice in Beverly Hills and in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Where did you kind of so you started first in Beverly Hills? Um, how'd you get that practice started up? Walk us through that kind of process. Yeah, I just I mean, as I got out there and um, you know, I was still learning my surgical techniques, I'd had a lot of injectable uh, experience doing Botox and filler, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I just, you know, I, it, it just spreads like wildfire. I mean, I did some friends and then friends of friends. And yep. then, you know, I eventually got some influencers. Um, yep. And, you know, that helps kind of, as you know, in this business, you know, they shout you out a little bit and stuff. And then I just got busy. And so by the end of it, my mentor was actually wanting me to stay full time there. And yeah. I was like, you know, Tampa's my home. I foresee, you know, I didn't know it was going to grow as much as it has in the last, you know, three, four years. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, people from California, New York want to move here. It's insane. What I have to comment on, too, is I have to say you did a really good job at branding yourself 
right? And so yeah. I think the whole name Dr. D, like people yeah. know who Dr. D is. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of kudos. The doctor, Dr. Kind of, <laughs> it came from I, that. I mean, I yeah. thought it was a really, really like genuinely great thought process, right? Because one, people, you have a complicated name. Oliveri, yeah. your last name, I couldn't say it. I looked yeah. at it on my <laughs> I looked at it on my iPad. I would say, honestly, it's the reason I just go by Dr. Dimitri is because nobody yeah. can pronounce my last name. So Dr. Dimitri kind of sticks. It's simple and, yeah. and people remember it, yeah. right? And so I think that allows you to stand out within yeah. your niche as well. Yeah. All right. So keep going. Um, yeah, so then, you know, I came back here, started, you know, growing it the same way I did out there. And, and now I've gotten super busy with um, my facelift surgeries and hair transplants. And I, I honestly do like five or six surgeries. I mean, that's, it's not like I'm doing, I specialize in, you know, in, in honestly five or six things. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I, someone comes to me for something I don't feel comfortable with or something I don't do a lot of, I send them out to a specialist, yeah. you know, if it's. So what are those yeah. five things? So it'd be uh, facelifts. Facelifts first. Um, I do a lot of eyelid surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, rhinoplasty, nose jobs, uh, hair transplants. And um, I do a lot of like what's called forehead reduction or hairline lowering. So, if, you know, a lot's more common in females if they feel like they've just been born with a large forehead and they have their hairlines further back. I do a surgery that can bring it down to bring their face kind of into better proportions. And there's really only, there's, you know, a couple guys in Beverly Hills and one in New York City, one in Miami. There's not a lot of people that do that. And I, I kind of learned about it a little while back and I started doing them and got better and better and better. And now people come from all over the country um, to Tampa actually for that surgery. Yeah. It's almost like you're somewhat of an artist, man. I mean, it's really, I've seen some of your stuff on Instagram for those of you who don't follow him. It's at Dr. Dimitri, right? Yeah. So at Dr. Dimitri, D-E-M-E-T-R-I. Yeah. Cool. So you actually post some of your procedures. And yeah, so my social media uh, coordinator, Ari, who's awesome. Shout out to Ari. She, um, you know, we it's it goes both ways about the graphic stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and I think now it's like a hidden thing. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to watch it, you can you skip it. To, yeah. right? And but some people like love watching like what goes on, especially actually perspective, perspective patients. patients. They're like, yeah, they want to know. I kind of want to know what the hell he's doing, you mm-hmm. know, during surgery. And um, anyway, so they could, you know, see it if they want to. And if they don't want to, they just, you know, skip ahead. But everyone wants to see it before and afters. They're like, you know, what, is, what, what could I look like if mm-hmm. I'm going to have my facelift or my hair transplant done? And so the best indication of, you know, what you'll look like is what people who look similar to you have, you know, they, what their results are. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we posted a lot of that. The girls in the office are cute and funny. Sometimes they'll get me to do, you know silly stuff and yeah, same uh, thing yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll give in every now and then but sometimes i gotta i gotta reject it <laughs> love it i love yeah. it so what you know you have these two practices you have yeah. your your five really core things that you work on um you've been pretty successful over the course of your career it seems like but let's talk kind of about the struggles was there ever a point where you were struggling as a physician just getting out when you were trying to figure out what you wanted to get into what was it like you know i want to know about the lows that you've kind of experienced within your professional life yeah so i mean when you're starting out uh, especially in aesthetics um First off, there's highly no, competitive. Highly competitive. Um, you know, insurance doesn't uh, really play a role. So you are, you know, you you don't get a salary, right? You, you, for the most part, you're not employed by mm-hmm. a hospital. At least the route I took. Mm-hmm. I took a route where I just started on my own. You know, mm-hmm. some other guys will they'll feel insecure about that, or they have um, loans to pay off, or what mm-hmm. have you. They want the guarantee of that salary. So the security. Maybe, the security, yeah. So maybe they'll join in a more established plastic surgeon to get you know, a, 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 good a, salary. a secured salary. Mm-hmm. That's okay. 
but then they're kind of, they don't have as much room to grow. Yeah. There's a ceiling. Yeah. And so I, you know, was fortunate and I worked hard and I had, you know, my med school loans paid off, whatever. And mm -hmm. so I just started from day one. I had support from my mom and my stepdad, which was really helpful. My brothers had been through it. I learned a lot from their, you know, their trials and tribulations. And, but day one, you know, no one's overwatching you anymore, right? No one, not, Dude, none of my mentors. it's the most nerve-wracking. Yeah. It's not nerve-wracking. I was pretty comfortable. I know you, just through your personality and who you are, you're a very confident individual, yeah. which I think is huge for your profession, yeah. right? But you just kind of wing it, man. Yeah, you, you just, you, you know, you, it's, you learn with experience. Mm -hmm. And there's really no substitute. I was just talking, I think, on my another podcast a couple of days ago, and really there's no substitute for experience. Mm -hmm. And especially in surgery, you know, on the face, this is high, you know, high priced real estate on, you know, on cutting on someone's face around their ears, whatever it may be. And there's not a whole lot of room for error, right? Like basically <laughs> no room. <laughs> and, you know, and um, so anyway, when I, when you're starting out, like it's on you to be a go-getter and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, do whatever you need to do to get patients in the door, get your name out there, mark mm -hmm. yourself in a professional manner, you know? And um, so that part was tough in the beginning because like I had never done that before. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt confident, I had great training, but I needed to, you know, get uh, practice and experience and eventually it built up where now I've got, you know, kind of a nice consistent stream and it's just, it's a well-oiled machine in my office. You see, you know, the best compliment I could get from a patient is like, wow, you guys are really efficient. Mm -hmm. And when someone says that to like, you know, they don't wait around. It's not like if you're at the dentist or your usual doctor's office, you're waiting around 45 minutes. Like yeah. I hated that. So I'm yeah. like on top of my staff mm -hmm. to be like, look there, get them checked in, get them in a room yep. and let's get going right out. People it. are busy. They got, I got lives stuff too. to do, you know? And so I'm really, I try to be as prompt as possible. Yeah. I love that, man. I love yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I'd say that most of the time the struggle is at the start and that's where people yeah. are either made or break, yeah. right? That's where I think, you know, you were able to, once you just, you know, finally got that first, you know, and I'll call it a sale because ultimately you are selling your services, yeah. right? And you have to compete against everybody else that's selling the same service. You're not accepting insurance. It's a cash-based business, mm -hmm. right? But you're doing it with genuineness, right? And you're doing it with the, with the whole motto and ethicalness of, I think that's a word. <laughs> you're doing it ethically, trying to go ahead and really help people yeah um you know and so many people fall out of that first phase when they're going into it that yeah. they just kind of get discouraged and they go back to that safe space and they just go and work for somebody else so yeah. kudos to you for sticking to it yeah. you know obviously it's paid off right and you've really come a long way since then thanks and you know and the next part is like okay you once you kind of get you get busier with your surgeries or whatever it may be at least in my in my practice then what's the next step? And so that's why I've now reached out to do, I build a surgery center in, in, mm -hmm. in my own office, right? So now I have a one-stop shot where I can see my patients, do my surgeries. I can, you know, welcome in other plastic surgeons if they want to use the surgery center. Yep. And so I've grown that part of the business. On top of that, I'm the medical director for a couple med spas. There's a mm -hmm. chain actually in, in Texas, uh, Vitalik. And then right down the street from here, Elon, um, which is Elon Aesthetics. I'm sure everybody knows about the girls there in, oh, yeah. in Hyde Park. And so that's, you know, nice collaboration with, with them as well, doing injections and threads and more non, obviously non-surgical <clears throat> stuff. And then, um, and recently I just uh, started my own skincare line. So um, patients, we actually include Congrats. that in our package to all our, our facelift patients. The moisturizer. But, yeah. To you got to get me glowing, man. <laughs> you got to get me glowing. Yeah, you're, you're, it looks I'll like have to stop buying snacks. So I'm, right, yeah. I'm not really a big moisturizer yeah, guy, but I I'll I should have brought a kit with me next time. I'll, I'll get you something. But anyway, so it's just, you know, from a business standpoint, right? Like 
I can only do so many facelifts in a day, right? There's only so many hours in a day. I think for all the entrepreneurs and you know, real estate, whatever you do is trying to have passive income, right? So whether it's having sublease, like you know, another doctor subleasing paying mm-hmm. you rent, or skincare, or the med spas, like it's important to you don't want to spread yourself too thin, um, and I don't want any of that to detract. You want, you want it to be like easy, right? I don't mm-hmm. want this to be stressful where I'm like focusing, I'm trying to do a surgery and I'm like worried about some other crap, right? Yeah. So I, I, like this is all easy stuff for me. It's not really stressful. It's just kind of flowing now, yeah. which was going to bring me to the, my next point. And then I was going to be talking about some of the most successful men and women that you know within the marketplace of healthcare and in your field and our field yeah. um, and what traits that they have and what you feel separates them as individuals. And I think you hit it spot on is that they've diversified as time has gone on. Yeah. And they've built upon the foundation, which they already have, mm-hmm. right? And so now they have the surgery centers. They have the other staff underneath mm-hmm. them. They're doing these different things. Can mm-hmm. you want to, you know, do you want to add to that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I learned about this from my mentor in Beverly Hills. And so he, um, you know, there was kind of three or four different businesses going on in the same roof. I mean, he had his plastic surgery practice where, you know, he sees patients and does surgeries. He owned the building right in the heart of Beverly Hills. So just from a real estate <clears> standpoint, he's sitting on a ten, $10 million at least building. And, and, and within the building, there were other doctors who rented from him, paying him rent. And there was a surgery center that he was a co-owner of. So when other doctors came and used the surgery center, the patients, you know, they have to pay a facility fee mm-hmm. and they pay the anesthesia. And so that was a little extra, you know, you know cherry on top bonus for him, too. So I really, you know, he was in, you know, he's in his, he's just turned 60, actually. Yeah. He'd probably get mad at me if he was a citizen. I'm 37. Yeah. And, um, and so I really learned a lot from him from, you know, from a business standpoint. N- not only did I learn how to do surgery safely and properly and whatever, mm-hmm. but I almost just equally as important was to kind of how to run a business. And uh-huh. you don't get that. I don't know about you and your career, but they don't teach you that in they medical school. They don't teach school. you anything. They don't teach you in residency. They teach you how to be a good doctor, a safe doctor. But you don't learn how to run a business. Like now, I, you know, I think I've employed, I got seven or eight people now, you know, and it's turning you it into out a along big the way. business and you, you figure it out on the way. But I didn't have like a, a course or anything mm-hmm. to teach me how to do all this. Like I just kind of learned, you know, and again, there have definitely been people along the way to have helped. So it's not like I, I'm not trying to take credit for all of this by any means, like friends and family members who are in a better you know perspective from real estate or you know, leadership have really given me a lot of input and has truly helped me a lot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <clears throat> I think that what comes along with that, right, when, when we're talking about the whole real estate side of things is, I mean, now, like you said, he's sitting on a gold mine, but it yeah. didn't take him, you know, I'm sure that he didn't acquire that building when he was 37 years old. No, he didn't. He's, <laughs> yeah, he, he probably acquired it quite some time after that. And yeah. so it was that kind of patience process. He started yeah. exactly where you were. Yeah. He built himself up. He continued to, you know, put rings on his belt. And yeah. as time went on, he got himself to a point where he could make that transition. Yeah. And then he could build up and staff up. I'm personally a guy that works out of a sense of urgency. And I think that you're the same way too. Mm-hmm. I'm a super impatient person, <laughs> right? I think it's to my advantage, right? Because yeah. I'm always just get shit done get shit done like try yeah. to push limits push limits yeah. like what can we be doing better what can we you know be yeah. doing next no for sure my <laughs> i think my staff once they listen to this will agree that i'm probably arguably equally as impatient if not more impatient yeah. than, than you are I'm like it's 11 32 where's the 11 30 console you know they'll uh, i'm kind of crazy when it comes to that yeah so. come on guys time <laughs> time is money kind of thing in, in a sense yeah so let's talk about this future goals and plans. You've got your practice in Beverly Hills. You've got your practice in Florida. You know, how long do you want to be performing procedures for? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I, you know, it's it is it's a lot of fun, but it's definitely stressful. I mean, I've got a couple extra gray hairs on the top of my head. I you and that both <laughs> <laughs> because of you know, like I said, you're I'm operating on on expensive real estate here on someone's face, so mm-hmm. it's definitely stressful. It's not. You know, my brothers are, you know, potentially saving lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, my oldest brother, George, is a heart surgeon. It's a different type of stress. You know, he's had patients die, right? He's in mm-hmm. trying to save someone's life. There's only so much he can so do. Much, yep. And so it's a different stress. And it is stressful. And I joke, you know, that I'm like, at 45, I'm done. But obviously, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know age of when I'll, like, stop doing surgeries and stuff. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to keep, like, broadening my entrepreneurship. You know, like I mentioned earlier about Next Level Brands with Jeff and Joe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been a fun thing. You know, hopefully at some point that'll be a, um, uh, <clears throat> a financial success as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely interested in, like, growing outside of medicine and, um, you know, whether it's real estate or things like that. Um I uh, excited for those opportunities as they come, and r- right now I'm definitely honing in on my surgical skills and mm-hmm. wanting to just be the best facelift and plastic surgeon that I can be. And then that's you know that's my career. That's what I I love and what I'm passionate about and what's going to bring me you know um, just really uh, the most reward. amount of joy. Yeah, and just feel fulfillment, and that's um, where I'm focused on right now. So, what would you say your number one goal is for 2023? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yeah, here. get the, get the office in the surgery center open, open. and running. That's, <laughs> okay. We started construction last year and it's going well. We hired um, Ellison EWI Construction and okay. and uh, Fleischman Garcia Architects. They're the same uh, duo who did Oxford Exchange and the Stovall House. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and you or any of your listeners have ever been there? It's both beautiful properties. Beautiful properties. I mean, very high end. And so, um, you remember there? I'm a member Stovall? of the Stovall House. Yeah, yeah, we should grab dinner one night. Yeah, let's I do love, that. Yeah, I love that place. And um, we, uh, so I, you know, I like the ambiance and the decor of both places. Mm-hmm. Saul Fleischman's a family friend, an amazing architect. So anyway, we got them working, and I'm just kind of, you know, antsy, awesome. antsy to get as you, as you said earlier, very impatient. I'm like, okay, August. You said July, and it's August. August yeah. now, you know, we're towards <laughs> September. I'm like, Construction always yeah. takes longer than it's supposed yeah. to. But no, it looks great. I stopped by today. So anyway, that's my number one goal this year is to get moved into that and get the surgery center up and running and, and just having, you know, feeling at home there. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So finalizing this conversation, kind of to bring things to an end, I want to talk about you, your kind of core values. Um, you know, a lot of people can be successful, um, but not a lot of people can leave a legacy. And so what does Dr. Dimitri want to be remembered as? How do you want to be remembered? <clears throat> well, the, the next part, you know, I left out actually in the one of the last questions you asked was, you know, what what are you trying to achieve and, and look forward to? And honestly, I really want to get more involved in charitable mission trips where, you know, you can travel to Central America, South America and do like cleft lip, cleft palate surgeries. So, you know, I want to be remembered as, you know, a talented facelift surgeon who had an impact on people's lives and made them feel better about themselves. And um, I also, you know, want to give back to, you know, people who can't necessarily afford these surgeries, right? And so kids who are born with defects. And I think once I can just have some normalcy in my life and a little bit more stability, um, I think that's the the next step. And I I really want to get more involved in that. Um, So uh, I'm just grateful for where I'm at right now. I think things are going great and we work really hard and I'm very passionate and dedicated and um, I do my very best. And um, I think the next uh, step is to kind of broaden that to be, you know, kind of giving back to, to more people, more unfortunate people. 
Amazing. Amazing. So for those of you who are listening, if you'd like to go ahead and schedule a consult with Dr. Dimitri, you can uh, look him up online. Google. It's just going to be Dr. Dimitri. I believe your website will be one of the first things that pops up. It's going to be drdimitrimd.com. And then, uh, like I said, in this podcast, his handle, his Instagram is going to be at Dr. Dimitri. Uh, It'll come up. You can learn a little bit more about him and what he does. Dr. D, thanks for coming on, man. It was an absolute pleasure. We appreciate you and uh, grateful for your friendship, man. All right, Dr. O, we'll have to get out soon together. We got to. Awesome. See you. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you liked this video, please click the like button and subscribe. This podcast is being produced with the hopes that it will impact the lives of many people throughout the world. For more information on Elevate Health, visit elevatehealthfacilities.com and schedule an appointment with a qualified healthcare professional for any of your desired needs.